You're listening to The One Relationship, where we believe a strong marriage is the foundation for successful families, communities, and cultures. I'm Kate. And I'm Tanner. We're your hosts, and we've each had our share of unhealthy relationships. When we met, we committed to not repeat the mistakes of our past, so we set out to learn everything we could about creating a rock-solid marriage. Join us every week as we bring you real talk from our experiences, other married couples, and relationship professionals we trust. To start strengthening your marriage now, head over to theonerelationship.com and get access to our free marriage manifesto today. Hello, and welcome (laughs) back to another episode of The One Relationship. This is your co-host, Tanner Wendell, here with my lovely wife, Kate. And uh, we are seeing life in 3D today. Actually, we're not seeing much of anything with these (laughs) things on. It's pretty crazy. If you're listening on the podcast, we are live on Facebook, a little special edition live today. Uh, post-Christmas. This will be up on the podcast immediately after we uh, get off the the Facebook Live here. And we're wearing some 3D glasses if you're uh, not able to see us because you're on the podcast. And no, these are not a new Christmas gift that we got. (laughs) And we actually have zero use for these other than to talk to you about living life and your marriage in 3D. And we have a 3D framework that we want to share with you, and we want to share that with you over the course of a five-day, about an hour together, five days, starting January 11th, called the Arguments to Intimacy Challenge. You can get on the wait list for that at argumentstointimacy.com. We'll have more details coming this week, some great prizes and everything else that goes along with that. So arguments to intimacy.com. If you want to get in and see what that's about and you want to know what's up with the 3D glasses and living your marriage in 3D. If you are joining us on uh, Facebook, I'd love to know where you're tuning in from, how your uh, how your holidays are going and today's episode is going to be about breathing. This actually comes from our session last week yeah. where uh, Jimmy, uh, love Jimmy, Jimmy's always on asking questions uh, about how do you quote unquote, we went back and looked at the question, how do you quote unquote change your attitude when you're in the heat of a moment? And so that question led us down a, uh, a bit of a rabbit trail talking about breathing, talking about some of the things that we do to change state, to, to, to become present, to stay grounded. And then we realized that that's not the purpose of our episode, our last episode. And so we reeled that back in and we said, you know what, let's do a, uh, let's do an episode uh, about that on its own, because that's a, that's a whole topic. Yeah. Uh, we could take this, uh, you know, this, this episode and, and who knows, we'll see where this goes, maybe even more than this episode to talk about that. And I think, you know, really the, the question there is like, how do you, a lot of us, again, 
we recognize like, ah, damn, I'm in the, I'm in this disagreement or I'm in this, or I'm frustrated with my kids or whatever it is, family members, especially this time of the year, you know, the holiday season. I I know this year's maybe a little different. It's like illegal to get together with your family in most states, especially if you live in California and crazy stuff like that. So if you're, you're rule breakers and, and, and you're getting together with your family, uh, you could be having some tense situations. Or, you know, if you're a law-abiding citizen and, you know, in, in isolated with your, your smaller family, either way, the holidays are a tense time in general for most people for one reason or the other, whether you love your family or not. And so <laughs> we thought this would be a perfect time to talk about some of the things that we do around handling stressful situations, changing state, how to stay grounded and and present to really get the outcomes that that you want and not to get yourself so spun up in life. Okay, so I'm going to jump in. I'm going to take these 3D glasses off. Yeah, these things are it's really eyes... difficult. Oh wow, now even Ooh. that they're off like yeah, it's kind of hard to see what's going um, on. So we yeah. got to see your comments here. I'm going to pull up the the comments <laughs> and see what's going on with everybody. And Kate's going to jump right in. So if you listen to last week's episode, we talked about having the awareness that something is even going on, right? That you're like, oh wow, I am in the heat of this moment right now, and it's and it's just escalating, right? Whether it's something stressful, something with the kids, something with your spouse. And you see that it's escalating. So, you know, having that awareness and and one of the points to that that I had made and a reminder is that this comes with practice. You don't you don't really become aware of what's happening uh, until, you know, some time into this. Right. So just give yourself some grace as you go through through this is that you're not going to always catch it right away. And you might just, you know, you want to get to a point where like, you know, it's coming or maybe, you know, one thing is said and you're like, oh, I crossed the line. I'm out and I'm going to step away. And I, and that's just, that just comes with practice of being aware of what's happening. That's the first step. The second step is when you can get to that place and you realize, okay, something, something is brewing here that I don't want to get any further down into this escalation, stop and breathe. So this is sort of where like we're, we're the main thing that we're coming with today is how to breathe. Now you can, um, you can find breathing coaches. You can find um, ways to get trained in breath work. Uh, maybe if you've ever picked up an instrument or took vocal lessons, this would be a little bit familiar to you. I used to take singing lessons years ago. And so uh, having trained a bit through diaphragmatic breathing and using your diaphragm. And then, of course, just with public speaking and radio and stuff like that, it's just sort of been part of my nature um, and having that training. But it's not really common for most people to breathe correctly. And what we want to be aware of is in our breath work, most people, and you can practice this as you're listening, when you take a deep breath in, and you inhale, do your shoulders go up? You know, do, do you breathe vertically? Like your stomach goes in, your shoulders go up and you're, you know, it's almost like that scared breath, right? Like something, you know, 
took the took the air out of you, right? That's actually an incorrect way to do it. What we want to do is relax our shoulders. We hold a lot of tension and stress in our shoulders, and then that comes through in our conversations and our actions and our words. So you want to breathe in, and we use like a balloon as the example, right? So when you breathe in, you your stomach is supposed to expand, right? You're filling your diaphragm with air. And it's deep, right? The breath goes into, you know, your body and your stomach expands. And then when you exhale, you'll, it, it contracts, right? So that your stomach goes into your spine and you let all that air come out of your diaphragm and out through your mouth. And, you know, breathing through your nose, your mouth, like just right now, you know, as you're getting started, just breathe whatever's comfortable. There's more detail to that as, you know, what that can do for you, whether you're breathing in and out through your mouth or nose. Um, but for now, just, you know, practice that you get it right. And what I shared last week as well is that when you practice laying down, it's really hard to breathe incorrectly. When you're laying down, you can't breathe vertical. Your shoulders can't like you. I mean, you really have to like make an effort for your shoulders to go up. So it's a good way to, to, to lay down and practice breathing that you can feel your stomach expand and contract. And that way you get a feel for what it's supposed to feel like when you're sitting up, when you're standing. And that's just a really good thing when you get into bed or before you get out of bed in the morning, like take three big breaths and just lay on your back and feel what it feels like to get your stomach to expand, get that oxygen into your diaphragm and be able to exhale. You know, we talked about this, like, let's just do this, right? So um, if you can safely, you know, close your eyes wherever you're listening, maybe that's not uh, if you're driving, if don't you're driving, close your eyes. You know, Full disclosure, we gotta, didn't cause you to go off the road. Right, yeah. Just you However, know. you still can do this driving mm-hmm. even if you don't have to close your eyes. You can become present to your situation. Probably yeah. don't want to take both hands off the wheel, but you can do this if you're just hanging at home or at your work. I don't know. Do people go to offices anymore? I'm I don't not know. sure, especially I think some this week. Do. Probably not. <laughs> but wherever you are feel free to join us. Yeah. And, and so, so again, if you're in a place where you can close your eyes and really visualize what's happening with your oxygen going into your stomach and out, do that. If you can't close your eyes, that's okay. Still, you can still be mindful of your breath work. So as we just, you know, relax our bodies, sit in a place in, in a way that's comfortable, maybe, you know, it's back support, uh, your feet are on the ground, right? So you, you're just in a place that you're relaxed, you're comfortable, and you're not, your body isn't tense. And you want to remember to keep your shoulders relaxed. You can put one hand on your chest and then, or, you know, over your heart, and then your other hand over your stomach. And when you do uh, this, you have yourself ready and take a big breath in and expand your stomach. And then exhale and bring your belly to spine. So it goes in and you breathe in, expand your belly and exhale and you bring your belly to spine. And as you take these breaths, keep breathing, go in and out, find whatever rhythm works for you. It can be a three second hold or a three second count, five second count, whatever works for you. You don't have to exhale to the point of like, oh my gosh, I have no air left. But think about where you're going right now. What's, what's right in front of you? What's the task in front of you? 
Are you on your way to visit someone, to go into a meeting? Are you ready to pick up your kids? Are you doing something? How do you want to be present for that next activity? Do you want to be calm? Do you want to be focused? You want to feel joyful in your conversations and your interactions with the people you're going to come in contact with. So again, breathe in and breathe out and just think and set that intention. How do I want to be in my next activity? And be present for that feeling as you go into your next conversation your next task, and keep that at the forefront as you breathe and then as you go into that next activity. And this is the best way to just even, a you know, three to five breaths that you can do in between the next transition, right? You're going from work to come home into your house. You're going to your house to interact with your kids and your spouse. Are you going cooking versus writing something for schoolwork? You know, like whatever you're doing, you know, you want to make sure that you can take those breaths as you make transitions from one thing to the next in your day. And so just one final breath in, expand your belly and release. And if you're live with us and and you did this, you participated at any level, we'd love to hear a comment. Do you do you feel any different? I know I do. Like just a a few breaths, like more calm, more grounded. I feel lighter. I feel like my body doesn't feel like it has the weight of the stresses that life gives to us, right? Yeah. So like my body just feels a little lighter that like I'm like okay. We had a little stressful, a little friction, a little tense morning, and we came in here. We're like, hey, we need to do this. Let's go talk about the thing that we said we were going to talk about. Um, we generally, we actually didn't do this today, uh, so it's a good thing we did it now. We generally do this, just three to four breaths, before we get on a podcast, before we get on our uh, coaching, coaching calls call. with married clients, before we do you know, a, a, a podcast interview, before we do a phone call. All of those things. And so the couple of, of points that I want to say around this is that, you know, we used Jimmy's question about how do you change sort of your attitude or, or your state. If, if you're familiar at all with Tony Robbins, he talks a lot about changing your state, controlling your state. We've got like a little miniature trampoline out there to, to do that, to bounce on it, a, a rebounder. rebounder. There's a lot of different ways and techniques breath work is one of the most effective and one that is most uh, portable, universal that uh, we found because all you need is your body and uh, just a few seconds and so, or, or even a minute. minute. And so what we found is that, you know, if you're in a tense situation, which is where the question came from, hey, things are getting out of alignment with my conversation with my spouse or something's going sideways with my kids or whatever, it's an opportunity to step away from that and breathe. Or if you're not able to step away from it, maybe you're in a meeting, a you know, a meeting and you're either nervous or tense or something's ensuing. Even if you're not able to step away from it, you can simply become present 
and focus on your breathing. And you don't have to like be in your meeting and be like, oh, <laughs> hold on, guys, let me close my eyes and you know put my hand on my chest and my stomach and breathe. But you can't. You can put your, your hand on your stomach. It, it's helpful for me to put my hand on my stomach because what I noticed is that when I breathe, I, I do the opposite. If I breathe automatically like I breathe, when I breathe in, I bring my stomach in. And yeah, then when I breathe chest. out, I put yeah. my I push my stomach out. And there's yeah. a lot of activity happening up here when that happens. And so every time I do this, it usually takes one or two breaths to be like, nope, let me get the rhythm. Okay, in, stomach goes out, out, stomach goes in. So you can do this almost anywhere, whether it's in the heat of the moment or like Kate's mm -hmm. talking about, in transitions. And um, Brendan Bruchard wrote a book about high-performance habits, and it's all about ha controlling the transitions in your life. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of us, especially now, you know, working from home, having kind of a different environment, kids from home, a lot of aspects of life have now all of a sudden got melded together. A lot of us, are, are, our meetings are running into helping our kids with school, and then it's running into dinner time, and then it's running into, you know, whatever the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And we're carrying the energy, the stress, the anxiety from one thing to another to another. And by the end of the day, you're just a you're a big ball of stress and anxiety. And, and all it, then it takes is just one thing to set you off. And again, we talked about this last time that you get into an argument or a disagreement about something, and pretty soon you're not even having a disagreement or an argument about the thing that was the impetus for the argument <laughs> right. or the disagreement. It's about something from the past. It's about something else from the day. It's about this big ball of stress that you've been carrying you blow up at your family members over the holidays, but that's because about something that happened, you know, earlier in the day or earlier in the month or earlier in the year, or whatever. Like we just carry all of this stuff forward. And so and breathing we... and becoming aware of your body is a, a very effective way of cleansing that, cleansing your mind, cleansing your body, cleansing the energy. What were and, you going to say? Well, I was going to point out that when we, when these stresses come out, you know, and these explosions sort of happen, we take them out on our loved ones first. 100%. So, it, and why we, like, I mean, I'm sure there's science behind it, why we do that, but we're, the people we're closest to and the people we love the most get the brunt of our stress. And this is a way that we can be able to just take a step back and say, this is really about me, right? You know, we, we love to point a finger and like, oh, but you said that and you did this or didn't do that. And, you know, we talk like we, we, we think it's everyone else's fault or someone else's fault in that situation, yet it's really about us. Like, how are we handling it? Because yes, maybe, maybe your husband or wife didn't do something that you wanted them to do or that they said they were going to do or said something that wasn't really the nicest thing. You know, yeah, maybe that happened, but you don't have to explode over it. You don't have to, you know, reciprocate with something nasty back. You can be the, the quote unquote bigger person, right? And just be like, you know what? I'm going to just take a step back. I'm going to breathe. I really don't like what happened here because at the end of the day, you can't argue with someone who doesn't want to argue back with you. You know, and this is what we learned a lot with, with kids, right? Like you can't, 
to diffuse the talk back or, you know, kids not listening, like don't engage with them. Like they, what are they going to do? They can't, they want to, their goal is for their needs to be met. And that means that they'll, they have way more energy and way more time to be like, I want my need met. And they're going to keep going until you as the parent, the adult says, I'm done with this. Right. And the same thing goes with adult conversations. So, you know, we take it out on our, on our loved ones. And those are really the last people we should be taking it out on. So we have to have that awareness and like something that can just pull us back one step to be like, I'm not going to go there. Right. And then that way we can save face on, you know, just these words and actions that like we're saying in the heat of the moment, we're doing in the heat of the moment when we really, at the end of the day, don't mean that we're hurt and we're and we're just we're throwing knives yeah are we speaking to anyone there i'd love to know i mean have you been in a situation where it's like oh yep said some things that uh later i don't feel so great about or even kind of in the midst of it you're like oh i wish i could grab those words and bring those back in like you know let's let's be real here most of us, if not all of us, have have done that. I yeah. I know I have. I have. We've you know done it done it with each other, mm-hmm. and so this happens. Life happens, and I think what's so prevalent, and maybe for some people, you know, twenty twenty was a was a lens for a lot of people to to see mm-hmm. a lot of different things. And probably Wednesday's topic is kind of the last live episode. Maybe we'll do one Friday as well. So we can talk about that specifically. But I think for a lot of people, if I just sum it up, what I've seen and, and what I've experienced is that for a lot of people, you know, 2020 was an opportunity to think about like what really matters, right? Maybe I'm not so secure in that job. Maybe I should rethink these relationships. For us, we're like, maybe we don't need to travel every month to a business conference and a family event and this thing and that thing. Like, we don't. Like, we had so much travel and so many activities lined up. And now we're like, yeah, no, we don't. We didn't need to do that because guess what? It didn't happen. And now all that stuff's happening virtual and there are things that dropped off our calendar and things that were added to our calendar. And so I think for, you know, many people, it was just an opportunity to be like, well, wait a minute. Life changed regardless of what happened. You know, for us, every everybody had something where it's like, mm, OK, it gave me an opportunity to reflect. And so I think for many life and and the 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 world around us is moving very fast. It's moving faster than it ever has. This is something we talked about with our therapists last week about how if you think about our ancestors for you know thousands of years, nineteen hundred to to I'll I'll just say like about nineteen hundred years, right? At, at least from the the time Jesus walked this earth where life was pretty much the same. We lived in the agrarian society. People grew their own food. They made their own clothes. They were of service to each other. They traded goods. And it was really, it's really, I mean, in the last 150, maybe 200 years, 
that things have started to rapidly change with the industrial revolution and we're starting to mass produce everything and outsource everything and the type of work we do is different right we're not going to the fields and being of service to each other we're going to our cubicles and and working for a larger corporation and organization and like the way we do life has changed drastically in the last hundred years and if you don't think that has an effect on you you just need to stop and think about that for a little bit, right? Like that has had an effect on everybody. We just don't think about it because for most of us, we grew up, that's the, like that's how we grew up, right? The industrial revolution had already had already come. We lived through the information age, the computers are built, everything's been built. Like we're just living, we're just like, oh, this is just how life works. But that's not how our bodies, that's not how our ancestry, that's not how our history has has played out and that's why many people uh many older people many elder people right are like oh it's just not like it used to right i wish we could just go back to the 40s and the 50s and the slower time and the, the different and blah, blah 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 and for me i'm like you know get with it grandpa like this is the 21st <laughs> century but i now after the conversation with our therapist last week i'm like oh i understand because People who live through a much slower and different time, kind of at the tail of the the industrial revolution into the information age, people that really like that grew up there, remember that there wasn't so much information. There weren't so many choices. There weren't so many things. In a way, it was simpler and, and kind of quote unquote easier to live life, even though they dealt with difficult situations and harsher conditions. And so just to remember that like, we're living in a very rapidly changing environment, which I love. And at the same time, know that what keeps us grounded and what keeps us connected and what keeps us healthy as human beings are the basics, right? Like yeah. this year, I'm like, I'm blown away by how important the things that are largely free to us are. Breath, your air, your breathing, how you breathe, water. Drink a gallon of water a day, plenty of water, sleep at least six hours, targeting seven or eight hours a day. We got these aura rings that track our sleep because it's so important. That's another thing that we got from our mentors. But like the things that really matter the most are largely free and 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 things that are a hundred percent in our control. How you breathe, how much water you drink, how long you sleep at night. Like all of those things are in our control, but we get so caught up in, I got the email and I got this and things are moving fast at work and da 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 and social media. And did you see this in the news headline? And da 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 da. Those are all external forces that are coming at you and they all have their own agenda, whether it's the media or social media or your boss and coworkers at your job, whatever it is, everything that's coming at you from the outside has an agenda that is generally not for your best interest. Only you know your best interest. So to to bring into just a, like two other things that, you know, how do you get yourself in a in a controlled state here when when things are getting escalated because Norm commented that you know he's guilty of taking it out on his his loved ones uh, what was that Stephanie. Stephanie right you know Stephanie we just showed hers and and recognizes that happens so two other things that just really seem um, very prevalent and we we dive into this a little bit more and 
uh, really, you know, help, you know, with our coaching clients, but at the same time, what we're going to dive into with our arguments to intimacy challenge is how you, and as you were just mentioning those free, those things that are free to us, your self-care, right? Like self-care is not selfish. And if you think that you can take care of everyone else without taking care of yourself and there will be no repercussions, you're, you're sorely mistaken. I, I mean, I really, and, and, and mothers are very uh, susceptible to this because they will put everyone before themselves and then the mother ends up with some kind of ailment. And in my family, you know, you know, there's been, there's been strokes, there's been ulcers, heart disease is also a huge one. So, so I, I think if you can start to be mindful of how you can share some self-care, you and your spouse, figure out what that is. Like we just talked about, like we've been incorporating it slowly and slowly into our, into our daily routine or weekly routine, but it was just over this, you know, Christmas break that we're like, no, we need to be even more specific and more dedicated and disciplined to our self-care. So what does that look like on a weekly basis? Here's what we want to do, right? So we started to um, figure out what that would look like within our schedule because we have to have self-care. It is not a selfish, th- selfish thing. It's what you do because you love your family and your spouse, you know, and, and your kids and or extended family if you have to even care for them in some capacity. It can be as simple as getting out for a walk, walk. by yourself or yeah. exercising. It doesn't have to be running. a charge. Of, for yeah. us, it's like, hey, Kate would like to get a massage on a regular basis. I'm really getting into uh, the float tank, the sensory deprivation where you float in, in salt water those things have a cost. You can also find like really good deals on a lot of that stuff on Groupon, Groupons, right? Because yeah. people don't like, that's just a service that is susceptible to, to Groupon. And then they get you in and there's always a deal and always a package. So there's a range of things that you can do. The point is taking the time, putting it on the calendar, having that communication with your spouse and knowing the importance of that. And yeah. I will say this and I'll let or you meditation finish. meditation or prayer, you know, just taking a few minutes to just be still and quiet. You know, it could be a multitude of things. The people that I know, now that I have this awareness and this view on life, the people that I know who on the surface seem like such nice, caring people because they're always focused on others are some of the most miserable, depleted people inside. And and because they, they don't take care of themselves. And they think if I just take care of others, if I just put the focus on everybody else, if I just if it's just all about them and them and them and, and maybe even in the name of service or whatever it is, you cannot pour from an empty cup. And we would rather pour from an overflowing cup because we've taken care of ourselves. We've taken the time for ourselves. It allows for much more cushion to to absorb the, the blows of the day, the week, the month. When, when you have taken care of yourself and something comes up, a situation comes up, uh, you have much more cushion to absorb that and to respond to it versus living on a razor's edge of being constantly depleted, sleep deprived, not taking care of yourself, focusing so much on other people, because then you become resentful. And then everything is an attack on other people and you become resentful and you don't even know why, because you're like, I just care about everybody and I want this. And then you want to control everybody. And it, it it's, it, it spirals. It's, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and then people start to see that. 
and and people know like oh you know so on the surface and for a while it can seem like oh it's a really caring person but once you become in tune with yourself and you start to take care of yourself you'll start to see that people use that as a facade people use that as a reason not to take care of themselves and for many people even though it seems selfish, self-care seems selfish and taking time to take an hour in the float tank or go get a massage on a regular basis, well, that seems selfish and that seems expensive. It's actually not because the way that you're going to respond, the clarity you'll have in your mind, I can guarantee you that if you're not doing something and being intentional about your self-care, it's costing you more money anyway. And the decisions that you make, your lack of productivity, well, whatever the health it is. issues that you can also have down the road that correct can, that will cost. And Stephanie says she loves getting her hair done. It relaxes her, even though it's every other month. And that's great. You know, I look at my getting my hair colored as like necessity. That isn't I actually don't like sometimes I'm like, oh, this takes too long. But now like I'm going to get my nails done more often or my, you know, an, or a pedicure and a manicure. That was actually something that I loved doing when I was single, where I would just hang out in my apartment and watch a TV show and do my own nails. Like I actually can do them fairly well. Like I, I, I will say, so it, it's, it's, it's not like I've got nail polish all over my fingers. So I, but that was something that I enjoyed doing myself when it was just me. Now I'm like, uh uh-uh, I'm doing too much for everyone else. And I can actually take an hour and a half and sit in the nail salon and someone can pamper me. Like now I'm that, now I'm that mom, right? Now I'm that woman that I'm like, no, I'm going to go get them done because Plus we don't really have an hour and a half of quiet time around here. Yeah. And I'm like, there's no, there's no way that I'm going to get, I'm going to do it on my own if, uh, if I leave it to to myself in the house. So I'm going to go out and do it. So yeah, whatever it is, I mean, some things may cost, maybe it's a minimal cost. Maybe it's a larger expense that you're like, you know what, I'm going to invest in this because this is, this really matters or just start out with some of the things that are free. Like we said, giving yourself some time for meditation and prayer, going for a walk uh, or a run, you know, like just doing something or just making sure that you have some type of exercise routine that's just for you that you enjoy yoga, whatever it is, you know, lifting weights, get out the angst. I don't know. But p- pick something. If you're exercising because you are like, like exercising and, and disliking it or like, oh, I have to do this. I must lose weight. But you're miserable in that. Right. One of our one of our coaches from one of our masterminds was like uh, and he's been in fitness. He's like been a personal trainer since it was actually a thing to be a personal trainer, like out in L.A. in the 70s. He started Mm -hmm. and he's like, whatever, whatever intention, whatever energy you take into your workout or whatever that that's that routine is for you. It is the seed that you're planting in the soil. And so if you're working out or even if you're like, oh, okay, they said I have to meditate. I'm going to sit here and try (laughs) to, you know, like not think about anything. This is so stupid. Oh, you know, but I have to do it or like, oh, I have to eat healthy. I have to eat this broccoli or I have to drink this celery juice or whatever. I've got to work out or I got to do this workout. Like if you take a negative, I have to, I'm being forced to, this is only temporary. This is just to lose, you know, 10 pounds for whatever or get rid of the quarantine 19 or the holiday 15 (laughs) or whatever other cute names we've given ourselves for, for gaining weight. Like if it is a have to and you don't find something that you 
you actually enjoy. We've been walking way more. Some of the workout stuff that we do, I actually enjoy. Some of it I don't. I now, I'm just like, I'm not going to do something that I don't enjoy that's not bringing me joy, even if I'm not as ripped and toned and lean. Like Because for me, it's more important about the actual enjoyment of the activity, what I'm getting out of it, what I'm bringing into it, rather than like, ooh, got to go get in my workout, got to get my sweat sesh, got to go do this. And because it's a have to out of a fear-based or sort of like a, like a, you know, like, like you're a kid, like, like, oh, I have to eat my vegetables. Or just like a keeping up with the Joneses, like, oh, you know, like I got to look good for everyone else around. And, and, you know, and we've, we come from, you know, uh, a fitness background. And Norm's a beast. Norm says, uh, you know, Norm massive, Matt, Norm has been committed for years that we've yeah. known norm yeah of uh and he's so good at inspiring other people to be excited about workouts too like norm is so good with that and and uh and, and i love that you're on our episode today and and the thing yeah. with like what what i actually because we we hired a nutritionist so i've been really dialed in and focused on uh switching things from a food perspective for our family and to create healthy healthier habits for our family and and this can then also apply to workouts is she said, think of it not as like I'm being deprived or I can't have something or whatever. Think of it as healing your body. If you had a broken leg, you would put it in a cast and let it heal. Whether you wanted to be in a cast or not, but you would have to do that, right? And so we do a lot of damage to our bodies on a day-to-day basis, whether it's the food we eat or the lack of self-care in whatever capacity it is. Uh, we do a lot of damage. And so how can we heal our body? How can we take care of this vessel that God gave us so that we have the most longevity uh, or, or the most you know long life possible? And that's really helping me to to really switch it around. I don't have to I don't have to deprive myself of stuff, but I can choose wiser because I I love my body and I care and I want to heal it. So if you're in a place where like I don't love my body because I know a lot of people feel that way and they're going through whatever, you know, they're going through and like okay. So choose things that say, well, would this help me love my body more? Will this help me heal the disgust that I have right now. Like think of it that way to make choices for yourself to say, yes, I want to get to a place where I love my body and I love my life. And I, you know, so, so again, these are all things that, that just really tie into making sure that you're in a good emotional and mental state to help keep those arguments and escalations at a minimum. And and the final thing that I want to bring up is that you and your spouse have to have a vision of where you're going. Like you have to know what you're what you're in for. If you are if you don't talk about that stuff, and I'm not saying it's necessarily always easy, especially if this isn't common for you to do, it might be a little challenging and awkward and a little weird at first, and that's okay. Like embrace that. But if you're not talking about how you guys as a couple and then as a family are moving forward, I mean, one, the decline is inevitable, right? Like we just know that like you're you're going to you're going to go backwards if you're not going to go if you're not going forward. And so uh, one, you have to know that so that you can make choices in the day to day that continue to keep you on track of moving forward. 
we've now gotten to a place where certain things may upset us and we we go through our own thing of like what might be bothering us uh, on a particular day. Like last weekend, I think it was you had something I was going through something this weekend, like, you know, and but do we need to do we need to just bring it out and like, you know, fists are up and create some tension or we don't actually hit each other? No, we don't. Or figuratively. figuratively, right? Fists are up. Or can we just stop and say, one is the one is this really necessary to bring up? And if it is, how can I bring it up in a calm manner? And is this really helping us go forth on the vision that we have for our marriage and our family? Because if it's not, then you're like, do I really need to argue about this? Like, and I and it, and again, we dive more into this with. One, our, our challenge that's coming up in a few weeks, the Arguments Intimacy Challenge. We'll, we'll talk more in depth about that and certainly what we do with our private clients. But you got to know where you're going, you know, and and that way it makes choices and decisions easier in the day to day. And you don't feel like you're just triaging the day to day. Yeah. Here's what I'll say to cap that off yeah. is that a lot of people right now are talking about, well, there's, there's, there's two to three classes of people that I see right now. I see people that are like, Oh, don't make any plans for 2021. Don't like, ah, we saw what happened in 2020. Everybody thought that was going to be their year. Let's just like, you know, no expectations for 2021 because 2020 was so different than everybody thought. Uh, I, personally, I think that's a bad strategy because if you don't have any plans and you don't have any expectations for 2021, well, guess what? You're going to get swept right up with other people's agendas. And yep. like I said before, other people's agendas for you are generally not in your best interest. So yep. don't do that. Second camp of people that are like, oh, I'm, you know, starting January 4th, right? I think that's the first Monday. Yep. So starting January 4th, we're doing this and this workout program starts and this thing starts and yada, yada, yada. Typical New Year's resolution type of stuff. And the statistics, I was blown away by this. This was like, mm, what, three, four years ago is right when we moved into this house that this, the statistics are, you know, the majority of people, I forget what it was, 60, 70, 80% of people that set a New Year's resolution have completely fallen off the wagon by the end of January. Like they don't even make it 30 days. It's like 20, you know, 21 days or whatever. And it takes it takes three to four weeks, it takes 50 days, 66 days, depending on who you listen to. It takes several weeks of doing the new activity and the new behavior to actually make it a habit. And we are creatures of habit. There's a lot of science behind this, neuroscience, about the amount of days and why. And so, yes, like you do need to be on top of yourself and on yourself about like, I got to stick to that. I got to do that until it becomes a habit. So there's a lot of New Year's resolutioners. And then there's a third camp of people, which I, I see very little, and this is where I want to live, and this is where I would encourage you to live, which is not no plan, not big plan for January 4th, but where do I want to be this time next year? What do I want life to look like on December 28th, December 31st, 2021? Because that has much more power to pull you forward and to help you make those decisions. Guess what? If you set a new year's resolution or you want to create a new habit in the new year, like you're going to fall off. You're going to struggle. You're going to quote unquote fail. That stuff's going to happen. And if you're only focused on starting it and you're only focused on like, I got to do this, I'm going to go, 
not, you know, not going to eat sugar. I'm not going to do this. I'm blah, 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 blah. I'm going to do this every day. Well, as soon as you miss a day or two or something comes up pretty soon, you're like, well, that didn't work out. You know, by March, you're like, well, 2022, right? Like, let's, let's, <laughs> let's try again next year. You know, by the, by the first 90 days in, most people are like, okay, I was lying to myself. This year isn't going to work out the way I thought it was going to because I fell off the wagon. I always fall off the wagon. And so it's about getting back up though, correct. right? And if you know where you want to yeah. be this time next year, think about how fast, for some people it was fast, some people it was slow, but just think about how fast time goes. Think about how quickly 2020 went by with all of the stuff happening and all the distractions. I mean, we were like, holy cow, like, you know, October hit and then we're like, whoa, it's already it's already Christmas, right? And now the year's almost over. So to us, it seems like it went very fast. It was kind of slow in the beginning, and then all of a sudden, the last half of the year just sort yeah. of evaporated. So if you think about how how quickly time passes and how much stuff is going on, you're going to get off the wagon, fall off the wagon. You're going to get off track. What's most important, though, is why are you going to get back on? Where do you want to end up? Where do you want to be this time next year? And that's been one of the most powerful principles that I've adopted of like, where am I headed this time next year? And even when it comes March or June of 2021 and you're like, oh, I'm struggling or, oh, I don't feel like I'm going to hit, you know, what I what I set for the end of the year. Okay, where are you going to be this time next year, right? Where are you going to be a year from now? Where are you going to be in June of 2022? Like to always be looking 6 to 12 months ahead and not to have these so so tightly wound goals and I have to hit this or else I'm going to feel like a failure, but a direction. What is the direction you're going? Where's the destination in your life that you're going? Hint, that's one of the three D's in our our 3D framework that you'll learn on uh, January 11th in the Arguments to Intimacy Challenge, argumentstointimacy.com. Get on the list there. But uh, ask yourself that. Live in the third camp with us. Where will you be this time next year? Well, and I was just going to say, know that, you know, where do you want to be this time next year? And know that the steps that you continue to take through the year that move you closer to that, that dream, that goal, that desire, that is success. That is not failure. It doesn't have to, it's, it's about continuing to move forward. It's not about perfection. It's about progress instead. And and keep keep yourself focused on that. Make make each day uh, about just moving forward to uh, this time next year. What would you like life to look like? And know that every day you're just going to keep working towards it. And we're going to put our 3D glasses back on over here. We'll see you in Arguments to Intimacy Challenge, January 11th. Live your marriage in 3D. Thanks for listening to this episode of The One Relationship. Be sure to subscribe right now. And we'd love it if you could do us a quick favor too. Please rate and review this podcast. This will help others who want to strengthen their marriage discover our content. To get our free marriage manifesto today, head over to theonerelationship.com. And while you're there, we'd love to hear from you. Just hit the contact us button and send us your questions and feedback. Join us next time for more real talk on The One Relationship.